This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. All right, before uh, we dive into the legal show, uh, some changes here at KFI. Uh, I have been on from 6 to 11 o'clock uh, doing the legal show for I don't even know how many years. And uh, frankly, I'm kind of sick of talking to you from 6 to 11 o'clock. So changes are afoot. And uh, starting April 27th, the 6 to 8 o'clock hour will not be handled on the law. It will be home with Dean Sharp, who's already heard 9 to 11 on Sundays, but he's coming aboard 6 to 8 o'clock to talk about your house. And Dean, happy, always happy for your leftovers. Uh, yeah, you know what that is? Whatever you leave behind. That's fair. That is crumbs, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyway, the show will be all about crumbs. Uh, it'll be about uh, building, right, where uh, you can take the scrap. It will be about okay, just, uh, installing just, toilets where you can take the, the extra gasket. Here we go. That little piece. This pieces. is why. This is it why. It will be uh, about you, you buy a box, you know, a Delta faucet. The, uh, the faucet goes in. You get to take the box itself. I think it's pretty clear why you are not hosting the home show. Uh, so a little bit about the home show. Uh, oh, it's everything people, you just said uh, and more. And more. <laughs> uh, so people who don't know, don't listen to uh, 9 to 11. It's kind of a neat show. Do you want to spend 30 seconds describing it? Uh, well, we're doing pretty much, as far as I know, the West Coast's only home design and renovation uh, radio show. And so a lot of people have missed out on that mentoring of what to do with their homes. Uh, a lot of people have never heard a designer talk to them about their home's potential. So we do everything from the high art stuff and, and here's how we can rewrite the story of your house all the way down to how are we going to fix that uh, hissing, leaky toilet all and right. everything in between. All right. So that uh, starts April 27, 6 to 8 o'clock. And then I that's 6 to 8 o'clock a.m. And then I follow with handle on the law from 8 to 11. It's going to be bizarre. Uh, it's going to be fun. For people to. to tune in and hear a friendly, sane voice at at 8 o'clock. Yeah, they're not going to know what to do with themselves. Okay, let's go on with the show. Now, as a big fan of uh, the death penalty, I've been supremely disappointed uh, with the Supreme Court's views, both state and federal, dealing with executions. Well, here's the latest. There's an inmate, uh, this is Texas, who was part of a band of prison escapees uh, known as the Texas Seven. And uh, during his escape, he went out and killed a couple of people. So uh, he was, guess what? Death penalty now applies. And so just as he was about to go into the death chamber, as he was about to have the lethal injection rendered onto him, the state Supreme Court held it up said, nope, and here's why. Because it was a religious argument he has. Now, not a religious argument saying God doesn't want me to die. Uh, God loves life. That generally doesn't fly. But it had to do with uh, everybody is allowed to have a clergyman or woman in the death chamber, not just outside as a witness, literally in the death chamber with an inmate. And there's only two kinds that are allowed. And they are Muslim and Christian. No Jews, interestingly enough. Well, Jews don't normally get the death penalty anyway. But guess what? He's a self-proclaimed Buddhist. And he said, I want a Buddhist. And they didn't have a Buddhist. So he got his stay based on religious discrimination. 
Uh, the court wrote, uh, and this is uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, not the uh, Texas Supreme Court. The U.S., because Texas just wants everybody dead. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, the newest uh, Supreme Court justice, wrote, as this court has repeatedly held governmental discrimination against religion, in particular discrimination against religious persons, religious organizations, religious speech, violates the Constitution. Wow. So uh, there you go. Oh, and I stand corrected. Uh, Their religious advisor in the viewing room. Uh, which is adjacent to, not in the death chamber. So I stand corrected on that one. But uh, no Buddhist, no execution. It's fine. So what does Texas do? They give them a Buddhist. They haul in a Buddhist. And uh, the only thing they can argue is, I just had a change of heart. I've become a Unitarian. That ain't going to fly. All right, let's take some phone calls. Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Yes. Yes, ma'am. My husband was a 50% owner uh, in an S corporation. Uh, the two partners were the only board members uh, and directors. Uh, my husband passed away, and the shares were transferred to me. Um, I ju- And both partners paid themselves in equal distributions. Uh, I just found out that the remaining partner has been paying himself uh, distributions and making an equal check labeled as distribution in my husband's name uh, back to the company's credit line because so, the credit line so as distribution wait a second name. as distribution but were they made out to your husband's estate or to you now or they were made out to the company made out to the company okay and yeah you got a big you've got an issue here you got an issue you're going to need a business lawyer how much money are we talking about here lisa uh hundred thousand dollars yeah oh yeah yeah it's definitely time for a lawyer. Can I take it to the county or to the district no. attorney? No, no, oh. that's no, no. It's a civil issue. Uh, that's, it's just so it's expensive. Yeah, it is. It's expensive, but you're uh, you have to do it. You have no choice other than other than you're not going to see any money. Never. So you take yeah. it, and uh, there may be uh, statutory attorney's fees, probably under these circumstances. But that's why you want to go to a business lawyer and just sit down and try to figure out what this is all about. I mean, you have no choice at this point for sure. Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Hi. Uh, my wife has had braces on for 15 years. Um, her teeth are rotting out. Um, the dentist doesn't want to seem to do anything. Um, does my wife, can she sue him? Wait a minute. Or? What is she doing with braces for 15 years? That's what we've said. We've gone to all the dentists, and they said they can't do touch it. Because wait, 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 wait. Have- You've gone to all the dentists. When was the first time... After the braces were installed, that you then went to a dentist. How how um, much time elapsed? I'm I'm not sure. I just know she's had braces on from the same dentist for 15 years, and, and, has, and it has and has gone to the dentist for 15 yeah. years. Same dentist. Same. All right. Same when dentist. is when is the last time uh, she went to the dentist? The last time she went to the, a, a different dentist was just last week. Okay, last week. Who won't touch it? But the first dentist, the one yeah, who installed it, when was the last time that she went to that dentist? Oh, two weeks ago. Okay. And, still, still and, working on- and he won't touch it. He won't remove the the, uh, the braces, right? Because he said that they're almost finished. 
They're almost the teeth are almost straight now, but now they're after fifteen years. The teeth are almost straight. All right, you you've got a a, a huge dental malpractice case on your hands. I think Uh, just you you go to a dental malpractice attorney. It's a medical malpractice attorney who has done work with dentists. Boy, that's that's really clear cut. I mean, that is uh, who the hell keeps braces on for fifteen years, and the dentist says you're almost straightened out. Huh? This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Vince! Hi, Vince. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Vince. Yes, sir. There we go. Uh, quick question. Um, my uh, fiance was uh, thrown in a pool and uh, had a uh, at a frat party, broke her neck in like three different places. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. And uh, but she won a, uh, a personal injury settlement uh, for nine hundred ninety thousand. And uh, what happened is the guy showed up to court with an attorney, then fired his attorney, and then fled to New Mexico and became a cop. So we just found him a couple weeks ago. And I just wanted to know what's the process of getting the sister judgment. How now, that's fairly easy. That's fairly easy. What you do is okay. simply have New Mexico recognize the judgment as a New Mexico judgment. It is a procedural okay. matter. It's simply uh, paperwork. There, no one's going to fight it. They can't say no. And then uh-huh. you and then you give them the judgment. And uh, believe me, is uh, uh, his employers are not going to be very happy. So uh, what I would do that's is. Right. Yeah, go. I would I would call a, an attorney, any civil attorney in uh, New Mexico, and say, "What is it going to cost me to obtain a civil, a civil, uh, a sister state judgment?" And it shouldn't be all that much money. Okay, and but my uh, my next question is, um, uh, what problems might arise? I mean, he gets the he gets served, and he's working for a police department. You garnish uh, his wages. You garnish his wages okay. is what you do. And if the police department fires him for any reason, then uh, and they probably will. Uh, but it's, uh-huh. especially if he lied on his application, because they asked, "Do you have any judgments against you?" And right. uh, I'm assuming he said no, but maybe not. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, if uh, you you garnish his wages, you get a percentage of his wages for the rest of his life, uh, uh-huh. unless he decides at some point to go bankrupt. But he can't if he keeps paying you. If you get the wages, he'll never be able to go bankrupt. And uh-huh. uh, that's it. And then if he gets fired, then you have to trace him down again. It's not that complicated. Uh-huh. All right. Good luck. Uh, that is a tough one, especially when there are no deep pockets. You can't go after an individual. Hi, Billy. Hello. Yes, sir. What can hey. I do for you? Okay, Bill. Last month, my buddies went to Pahrump, Nevada to uh, pick up some fireworks. Now, on the way back in the California side at the ag- agriculture stop there, whatever it is, he was pulled over by uh, California Highway Patrol and fire people. They made him open his trunk. They found the fireworks. Wait a minute. They made him open his trunk. Did he say no? No, no. They just said open your trunk. Right. And did he say no? No. He he, he opened his trunk. All right. Well, that's his problem. So what is your, yeah, your question is, was that legal search and seizure? Exactly. Did they have probable cause to make him do that? Uh, they can they stop him. Trunk. You can stop at a border crossing any time, especially... Uh, for agricultural reasons. They can stop you and say, do you have any agricultural products that you're bringing in? They can do that all day long. Now, the issue is, did they have a right to go into the trunk? He said yes. 
Well, NATO, he said, open your trunk. Right, and he said yes, as opposed to saying no. I'm not opening my trunk. And what would they do then? Uh, Then one of two things. They, uh, at gunpoint, force him to open the trunk uh, or walk away or uh, detain him maybe uh, for a warrant they would have to get and argue or come up with some kind of BS probable cause. But the trick is you say, no, I'm not going to let you search my car. No, I'm not going to, you know, no, you can't just arbitrarily search my car and start fishing for evidence. And then, of course, they come back, then they come back and say, well, if you didn't have anything to hide, why would you say no? Because I know my rights. Because you're the police and we live in a state, we live in a country where the police don't just arbitrarily start searching places. That's the answer. Well, the fireman gave him a ticket. The fireman gave him a ticket, and they gave him a ticket for $1,250. Yeah, well, it doesn't, it's always, uh, a ticket for parking today is $1,250. Well, can he beat that ticket? Maybe. You want to argue illegal search and seizure? But he's the one that said yes, Billy. What's he going, what is he going to say? What is his argument, you think? Well, I'm a a retired New York City cop, and, you know, Somebody says no to me, you know, I'm going to find a way to make them say yes. Well, okay, that's a different story, and that and that's why I said they're either going to come up with probable cause, which is BS, which, of course, right. uh, because, you know, if a guy says no, he's hinky as hell, obviously, because if there yeah. is nothing to hide, for example, if a cop came up to me and said, I want to search your car, I go, go right ahead. I don't care. Right. And unless the cop is going to plant some evidence in there, and then I'm screwed no matter what happens... But what, what you know, you you have exactly the, the case. Uh, you are going to come up with some reason, but at least make it difficult. Because if he knew he had illegal fireworks, I mean, Bill, let me ask you this: Let's say you're stopped, and you have illegal fireworks, and a uh, police officer, a peace officer, says, "Open your trunk." What are you going to say? I don't know until I get there. I really don't. All right. Well, I mean, I would think you tell him to go pound sand. Because if he's going to get in anyway, yeah, you might as well you might as well try and say no. Right. So anyway, I, I you know, and you're right, but you know, it's also different. This was California, right? Right. Yeah, California cops are different than New York cops. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, very, very different. One of the things, and I always bring this story up because I have cop friends uh, saying if anybody, for example, tries to bribe a cop. You hand over a driver's license with a $20 bill uh, connected to it or attached or anything else, you would better have an out-of-state driver's license. And the cop will say, we don't do that here. If you have a California driver's license and you try to slip them 20 bucks, you're in handcuffs. Now, in New York, you can hand them 20 bucks and he'll ask for more and give you change. That's right. They used to say ten in the corner across the bar, uh, the bridge. Yeah, uh, all right. And ten dollar fine. Yeah, yeah I know that's Billy. Sounds like a New York cop, doesn't he? Sounds like a retired cop. He does. Uh, this is handle on the law.
uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel, Saturday morning. And welcome to Handel on the Law, marginal legal advice. When I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Phone numbers, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. We still have a few lines open. Hi, Glenn. Yes, Bill. Yes, yes sir. Onwards we go. Oh. What can I do for you? Uh, good to talk with you. Thanks. I have um, I got a small claims case I filed, and um, the, the, the quick scenario is, is I do a carpentry work, and this woman I've done work for in the past, she called me to do more work, and uh, she had a designer she hired to remodel her kitchen. Apparently, she uh, paid him a lot of money to pay everybody, all the other contractors. So this woman called me to do the work of uh, some texturing carpentry for how much painting. money? How much money are we talking about? Uh, the, the, the the particular there's, there's three separate jobs. There are I don't care how much total. How much total is owed to you right now? Uh, Fourteen hundred. Yeah. Well, here's the problem you've got, and that is anything over five hundred dollars have to be a written contract. Now, do you have individual jobs that are under five hundred dollars each? Uh, no, they're all right about a thousand. You got a problem. I would still sue in small claims court. I would sue her and him and see if they argue the $500 contract. If they do, you're gone. But at least you're going to be, but at least I would try at least get him in front of uh, the uh, small claims judge. And they may or may not want to settle with you because the last thing uh, a designer who's busy wants to do is spend an entire day in court. Okay. All right. Try that and see what happens. Gloria! Hi, Gloria. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Gloria, you there? Yes. Yes, ma'am. What can I do for you? Okay. I have a question about probate. Yes. I uh, have investment property, switched out of my trust uh, into my name in order to refinance if they require that. And now I need to switch it back. My son is real irritated with me that I haven't done it sooner. What, what is the procedure? You and just transfer it back into the trust. But but do I need an attorney to do oh, that? Well, uh, how much money are we talking about? Uh, one house at six hundred, one house at seven. You know, probably 000. not because you took it out of the trust, and all right. you do is write a, a quit claim deed from you back into the trust. Okay, that's uh, it. And then that's all you do. Do I, have to, do I have to have that recorded? Yes, it's a it's a deed. It's a deed of trust. You have to have it recorded. Okay, and I don't need an attorney to do it. I don't think so. And what what are the court costs? To- not much. It's just a transfer fee, and it's it's, it's not very much. And it's not okay. court costs. It's a recording cost. And that's it, because my son is telling me it's 40%. No, no, no. He's probably talking about some tax issue. It's not 40%. How can it be 40% of the value to transfer property back into a trust? Well, $600,000 is going to cost you, what, $250,000 to transfer a piece of property back into a yeah, trust? Right. Your son's a, Your son's an idiot. Yeah. Okay. There you go. It's uh, wow. No children are ever idiots, are they? Absolutely not. Mark. Yes, sir. Hello. What can I do for you? Hi. I was working for two individuals for about thirty years. They never paid into my Social Security, and you can already tell me till your end of time that I'm stupid. So I wanted to know if I can approach Social Security, pay them back, kind of like a lump sum that I accumulated to reinstate it. Maybe. I-, I think you can. You call the folks at Social Security, 
Uh, and these guys, uh, it's interesting. Do they tell you they paid into Social Security? Do your checks show Social Security? Nothing. I got paid under the table, and I didn't even know right from wrong at that Wait time. a second. Oh. You got paid under the table for, what, 30 years? Nearly 30 years. And now, and now you're looking for Social Security? No. I'm actually working in a legitimate job right now where I do get it. Right. Do you have any idea how much it's going to cost you? A lot. But I thought I could pay them back since I accumulated a substantial amount. Yeah, well, uh, let me ask you this. How much money do you earn? How much do I earn now, or how much did I save? How much did you earn over the years? That's all that matters. About uh, 100000 I'd say. That's it? Yeah. 100000 over 30 years? Oh, yeah, I would say so. Wait a sec. You earned $100,000 total over 30 years. You made thirty. You made $3,000 a year. Yeah. That's it. You know, uh, I'd call the Social Security folks and tell them, because you may be able to, uh, and you saved a substantial amount of money? Yes, in fact. Uh, How much I money saved, have you saved? I've saved uh, about the same. Yeah, you, can buy, you probably can buy off. Yeah, I think so. Call them up and find out what the figure is. I think you might be surprised how little it is. I mean, there's penalties, but you also, uh, yeah, the problem is with all the penalties, too. You may get nailed. Just find out. But an attorney wouldn't be the right thing to go to? No, I don't think so. I'd call Social Security, and the problem is, do you use your name or not? Because you've admitted not paying into Social Security. Uh, Only only because I was foolish enough to have... Yeah, you can't can't say that. You can't say I was foolish enough. Although I have to tell you, at $3,000 a year, I don't think you pay into Social Security. Oh. I think that's such a little amount of money, I'd call them up and say I earn $3,000 a year. Yeah. And see what happens. You also have to amend all kinds. I assume you didn't file any taxes either. Uh, No, only for the past three years when I got Oh, then you're good. Then you're good. Uh, I would talk to an accountant. An actual accountant? Yeah, I'd start with that. Anybody who has experience with the IRS probably has some experience with Social Security, maybe not, or call the Social Security office and say, hey, I've got an issue here, and I want to know if it can be resolved. If this happened and that happened, don't say it happened to me. Give them a hypothetical. Oh, I know that, but I'm curious if you've ever had people with the same problem call you up. No, no, I've never had people with the same problem. You know how weird you are with this? Well, it's only... Under the table for 30 years? That's right. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I never... But good congratulations for being the first person who's ever called me. I'm sure you've had calls like this. No? Dusty. Hello, Dusty. Hey, Mr. Bill. Yeah, get off, uh, get off the speaker. If you're on a speaker phone, this is not good. No, I'm not. A, okay, all right, let me shut it off. All right. You there? Did How's I, that? Okay, there you are. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, uh, I'm a truck driver, and I was making a, I was making a, a steel delivery, a curbside, and uh, I was, I backed up alongside the curb. I had a foreman uh, watching, watching my back. There was a pickup truck behind me. And he backed me all the way up to uh, about a foot from that pickup truck that belonged to an electrician on the job site. And uh, it was an apartment housing, brand new senior, uh, uh, coming out of the ground anyway. So I'm delivering steel. Well, after I'm all delivered and they're, and they're carrying the steel in, uh, I'm ready to take off. And uh, uh, so I'm I'm going down the yard. Uh, as I was leaving, my truck had rolled, my truck had rolled into uh into the truck and did did some damage, so they got the they got the electrician 
And uh, he says, well, he says, you need your... You need your license, he says. How are you going to get through this? You know what? I, I, you know what? You're cutting out so much that the call just doesn't make any sense. But it sounds like I'm going to answer. You have no case. My truck rolled into another truck, even though he backed me up to within a foot. Okay, I don't care if he backed you up to within an inch. You can't hit the guy, and you do. You're going to get nailed. How about that for an answer for a question that I didn't understand? This is Handle on the Law. I'm a match. She kerosene. You know she gonna burn down everything. She an arsonist in her pastime. And I've been burned for the last time. Time, time, time. Whoa. I've been burned for the last time. Time, time, time. Whoa. I've been burned for the last time. Saturday. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Phone numbers 800 520 1KFI, 800 520 We still have a few lines open. Hey, Don, welcome to Handle on the Law. Uh, thank you, Bill. Um... Recently, a friend of mine got picked up by uh, CHP uh, for a DUI. He blew over the limit, uh, was arrested and booked, but never got read his rights. Okay. Is that his get-out-of-jail-free card? Oh, absolutely not. Because the only thing about Miranda warnings is anything you say prior to being Mirandized uh, cannot be used in court. And uh, only when you are have become a suspect or are ready to go. For example, asking you questions. How many drinks have you had? You're not a suspect yet. So a, that is, you don't need Miranda warnings for that. Incidentally, did he uh, blow a breathalyzer? He did. He was point one. Well, that's, that's it. They don't need what he said. As a matter of fact, quite often the cops don't even bring up what he said because they don't have to say anything. They're using. They're not using what he said. They're using the fact that he blew point one on a breathalyzer. So okay. no, uh, he screwed. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's the answer. Uh, no Miranda warnings are what you say. Anything you say can be used against you. That's a Fifth Amendment issue, and uh, there's a whole world to that too. For example, forcing you to take a breathalyzer. That is you testifying against yourself. Uh, is that reasonable? Yeah, the courts have said they can force you to do a breathalyzer. Um, the other thing is, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot to it. Handwriting analysis, for example. Yeah, they can take a handwriting analysis and force you to do that. DNA test. That's not uh, testifying against yourself. So there's a lot. All right, Bobby, welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bobby. Hey, Bill. I got carjacked in the middle of the night. They broke my ribs, broke my jaw, broke my faceplate, broke my nose, and broke my skull. I was able to run away for my life and make it to uh, the boulevard and get some people to stop and call 911. 
and the 911 dispatcher sent all the first responders to an address three miles away. And I don't know, it took 20 minutes for them to come find me. Is there anything I can do about this? Well, hold on. Did you call 911 or did someone else call 911? I flagged some car. I flagged uh, some good Samaritans down. And they called nine one one. They called nine one one. Right. I took the phone and I told the nine one one operator exactly where I was. Yeah. All right. So let me throw this at you. Uh, assuming they showed up instead of twenty minutes, five minutes later, what would have changed? They probably could have got my car probably. and all of my stuff. Really? How do you know? Uh, I don't. That's right. And that's exactly the question. So let's say you decide you're going to sue. And the argument then is they could have, they if, if they had shown up in five minutes or three minutes, my car would have been saved. And then the question is, Bobby, how do you know? Well, I don't know. See how tough Thank that you. is? Yeah. The I don't know makes it very, very tough. As in, how about this? impossible Xavier hello yes sir what can I do for you I'm interested in going bankruptcy and I would like to know I owe approximately thirty thousand dollars and um, would that be enough money to start a bankruptcy sure thing? it depends on a whole lot of factors Xavier it depends on how much money you have in assets beyond owing thirty thousand dollars and what kind of income do you have and if it's credit card debt uh, what was the time pass? What time passes between filing the bankruptcy and the last time you used those cards? So all of those factors. So are you working, Xavier? I am working. How sir. much? And how much money are you making? I make twenty five dollars an hour. Um, yeah, I, already a bankruptcy judge would say I don't know about you going bankrupt because you can pay off creditors at twenty five dollars an hour. Twenty-five dollars well, an hour is how much money? Approximately about forty-five to fifty thousand a year. Yeah, they're not going to let you go bankrupt on that. However, I have you know my mortgage takes a great deal amount of that money right off the top yeah. because I made thirty-five dollars an hour at one time doing okay, paying off everything. Well, all right, the recession. So let's, now I'm below all right, that. so let's say so let's say the judge buys that. Uh, and uh, you're allowed. Uh, it, it depends. Chapter eleven, maybe. So let's. Uh, let's talk about when you use the credit cards. How, what's the last time you used the credit card? Approximately eight years ago. Oh, really? So really? the the amount of money that you owe, the $30,000, who do you owe it to? Well, one of the cards was Visa for about $15,000. And wait, wait. And when was the last time you paid that card? How many, How long ago? I'd have to say six years ago. Then that can't be touched. You don't owe that money. Okay, do you, I still you, need to go to the bankruptcy? Maybe, process? but you don't. But you don't owe fifteen thousand dollars. So there, it knocks off fifteen grand right there, Xavier, because it passed the statute of limitations. They can't sue you for that. Where's the okay. other? Where's the other fifteen thousand dollars? You're not. Pay, uh, you're not paying that credit card, are you? I am not. Okay. When? Uh, how about the other card? How much do you owe on the other cards? I'm assuming it's all. Yeah. It's all credit card debt. No, it's not all credit card. There would be some medical expenses, minor medical expenses. Okay, when was the last time? How long ago was it that you, you didn't pay the medical expenses? I'd have to say about four years ago. If it's over four years, they have, they have no place to go. Okay, you don't, uh, owe, you don't owe that money. And if they haven't sued you yet, they won't. 
So now we now we have the medical expenses gone. What's left? How much money do you owe to whom? What's left? And when was the last time you paid? Uh, that's pretty much all. That's pretty much you, all. Then, you, then uh, Xavier, you don't owe any money. Okay. You all do right. not owe money because they're all past the statute of limitations. So there's nothing to go bankrupt on because you don't owe the money. All right. This is Handle on the Law.